Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. Reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. Mm-mm. What's good? What's up? How's it I'm going, pumped. dude? I'm, I'm pretty excited. This is our first show that we're doing completely remote where we're not in the same room. That's right. It's very, it's very different. So everyone, if this episode sucks, that's why. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> it's, we'll, uh, I, don't think it's- I don't think it'll suck either. I'll listen to the playback on YouTube, and if it's immediately deleted, then you'll know why. <laughs> this will be the lost episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Jeez. Um, I'm just hoping. I'm so I'm in a basement. So I'm just hoping that my audio and video don't shit the bed after you know, 10 minutes of being down here. <laughs> I'm sitting right next to the router. So if my stuff sounds like poop, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> it's as you should be. <laughs> we didn't even do our regular intro. We didn't. Oh my gosh. We didn't. <laughs> Hi everybody. This is Jeremy Turgeon from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm Robin. I'm creeping it real. <laughs> Delayed we're all, satisfaction. We're all fucked up today. <laughs> yeah, we're all messed up. <laughs> Oh, is what man. it is. It is what it is. It's a Monday, so I think we can. I think we can get away with it. It's a Monday. I'm blaming it on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I think. I think. Jeremy, what do you? What do you think we should talk about tonight? So I think we're talking about something that, oddly enough, kind of goes hand in hand, and uh, that's kind of the energy within the the reptile industry right now, and also uh, the youth in the the reptile hobby, and. Um, I think it, it it goes hand in hand. I think because we're seeing we're seeing a lot of younger people just coming into the reptile industry, which is which is awesome. Um, but when you certainly see all the chaos and nonsense that's been going on, uh, especially over the I'll say like the last five or six months, just as social media really has become the focal point of our lives, um, it's really easy to get caught in a wave of negative energy and uh you know everybody everybody especially kids want to be trolls so true you know so how those kind of play a part of things and you know sometimes i like to be a troll too but you know (laughs) oh no (laughs) i i think it's it's really unique what we're experiencing right now because uh with everything going remote people are um if it feels like we're further apart, but I don't know. I feel like our community is definitely tr- like banded together. Um, since we can't be in person, it's really we're relying on the internet and social media to to be connected and to be close to one another and to share, you know, ideas and what's going on and what you got going on at your facility and what you're producing and you know all these different aspects of the reptile hobby. So. I feel like there's just like a buzz right now. It's just, it's really interesting to me to see all the stuff that's going on. The the big push for people supporting USR call coming together and doing that. And all the people who are, um, you know, a lot of people have stepped up to the plate and, you know, organized auctions and donations and all sorts yes. of stuff to help support USR. And it's been really amazing to see, see all that going on. Yeah, for sure. I, um, you know, I, I know you got to meet um, Chino from DMJ 
uh, Python. Yeah. He's, he's um, down in New York and he just, he organized that big fundraiser that, that was almost nine grand or something like that, that, that he raised for us arc between his two. And then um, Mickey from uh, the show me snakes shows Myers, yeah. um, raising was like 23 K and then like matched it or something. Yeah. Um, that's so that's, that's huge. Like that's, that's amazing. And that's, um, that definitely shows kind of like the, the real community aspect of, of what kind of goes on um, that doesn't often get showcased unless you're kind of like in the scene or in the know or, or anything like that. So um, mm. kudos to all the people that are doing that and trying to keep that positive, uh, that positive wave, you know, and, and momentum going. Cause I mean, we just, we need it. You know, I, yeah. I feel like, I feel like in every aspect of our lives, we need some extra element of positivity, you know, but uh, as we've seen over the last, just really three and a half ish months um you know it, it seemed like especially in the month of february every week there was a new proposed legislation it, it seemed like it wasn't going to end um you know so it's definitely great to see people stepping up to the plate making their donations to us arc putting those kind of fundraisers together and um and really like pushing people to go look at us arc and understand what that organization does for us so i, I think that's definitely a huge positive yeah we had our our banners our us arc banners at manchester the manchester reptile expo we just did yesterday and uh we had a bunch of people that came up and were like can i take a picture with the us arc banner and i was like yes yes please do that hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. that's what we need do it yeah yeah and uh, you know we had a lot of people come up to the booth and they were like oh it's so nice to see you you know we're glad that nerd is finally back vending an expo and you know we haven't seen you guys and i was like yeah i haven't been in an expo since october 2019 tinley and then the expo that we vended before that was like the new hampshire expo that was like at the beginning of the summer of 2019 so we've really not been vending expos we haven't been going out we just wanted to wait until it was a little bit safer with covid and everything but it was so good to go out yesterday and to see all the people, you know, there was so many, you know, we're, we're talking about the youth. There was a lot of kids who came to the expo yesterday who were just like diehard reptile fans. And, you know, they came out to the booth and they're, you know, all excited. And, you know, a couple kids came up, they've got leopard geckos and even they didn't buy them for me. I'm like, what do you got over there? And, you know, and yeah. then there's, you know, the parents that wouldn't let their kids buy anything. So they got them a stuffed snake instead. And, you know, I'm still like, Hey, what, <laughs> what kind of snake you got there? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I always ask the kids, what, what, what do they name it? Because usually kids come up with a name like right away. Pretty quick. Yeah. But yesterday, half the kids I asked, they were like, I don't know. And I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Random. <laughs> They'll figure it out on the drive home. <laughs> Probably. Probably. They're like, I'm putting thought into this. This yeah. animal is going to be with me the rest of its life. So don't pressure me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go read through the big book of baby names on the ride home. <laughs> Ooh. I would love to do that. <laughs> I just, I just got to tear out pages and tape them all to the wall and then take darts and just throw darts and just to throw... pick names <laughs> for, for my next reptiles. That's how I'm going to do it. There you go. There you go. Jeez. <laughs> makes um, sense, right? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was gonna say just start cutting all the names out and putting them on the bins at Nerd. Just give everything mm. names. <laughs> Ooh, now you've got me on a kick. See, 
I when I do tours, I get people who like every bin that I open. They're like, "What's this one's name?" And I'm like, "You understand that we have like seven thousand snakes here. We don't have names for everybody." Yeah, a lot of these are for sale. I, I, a lot of people don't want; they want to name their pet snake. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, you know what's interesting about that is there's uh, I forgot the the name of that company that's like they're they're all over Morph Market and the various parts of the of that market, and they've like. They give every animal a name and a background story. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and they seem to be like crushing it. Oh, they are 100%. And I'm just like, don't people want, I mean, I, of course you can always just change the name. Like, it's not like you, you give an animal a name and it's got to live with it its entire life. But like, I don't know to me, that's, that would almost be like a turnoff. Like, I want you to name that for me. Like, Mm -hmm. what if I like personality? What if it's not a Bob? What is it? Come on now. What if it's. T Bappy sixteen twenty two. What if that's its name, huh? What if it wants to be a robot name? You don't it know. Could. I mean, it's twenty twenty one. Don't assume its gender. <laughs> it can be a robot if it wants to be. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, I would love to have a robot name. That'd be cool. RC one thousand. Ooh, no, I can't copy Steve Tillis because he's ST1000. ST1000. <laughs> you can be the RC10,000. Ooh. Because you've got more scrubs than Steve. So you have Just to. Just for the time being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, but yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think um, even, of, of course, social media, we're seeing a, an incredible increase in youth. Um, just kind of like being interactive and involved, um, you know, from from posting in groups to, you know, commenting and asking questions. And, um, you know, I mean, it's funny because very often we always talk about, you know, you have to do your research. And uh, we've talked about it before, like in 2021, sometimes joining a Facebook group is part of research, research yeah. you know, because because they don't, you know, I mean, of course, you can just Google something, but you know, there's a lot of conflicting information on the internet. So I know I get that phone call <laughs> 72 times a week. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so for them to go into a Facebook group and ask a question to real people that can give them an answer, you know, that might be a little bit more valuable than, uh, than just trying to search it up on Google. That being said, you should all also Google it, but yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, for um, but uh, it, it is definitely interesting. Like when I do my my Instagram lives. Speaking of which, I'm doing one at 9 p.m. When I do my oh. Instagram lives, <laughs> um, I have a. I, recently, I've had like an influx of, of younger keepers kind of kind of jumping on from that, and um, and I, I think that's awesome. You know, I, I absolutely love that. You know, because that's they're the next gen, dude. I mean, we're mm-hmm. we're getting older. Everybody except oh, Steve. Steve's always oh, forever young. No, so, everybody's getting older. It's it's true, but until Steve actually finally has his doctorate, he'll forever be young because he's always in school. <laughs> he might have more hair I mean, on his arm than I do, but he's still young. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no. <laughs> 
so Jeremy, you've been to some of the expos down um, outside of New England because I, I literally have not I haven't been to an expo literally since Tinley 2019. I haven't gone to any expos. We have we've nerd hasn't vended any expos. And then I personally have not even gone to any expos. I'm just like I was too nervous about uh, COVID regulations and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but you've been to some of the expos outside of New England. So, like, what do you feel like the energy is like? How do people what's the air like there? Well, you want to know what's interesting is is down uh, in Atlanta and and North Carolina, people care obviously about COVID, um, but man, it, it's it's just like life as normal, you know, with the exception of the masks and like the the two hour time breaks, you know, and then like a half an hour break in between. Uh, people are just kind of carrying on, and I think a huge portion of that. Um, kind of has to go with the fact that down here, like nothing really stopped. Things just, I mean, they slowed down, you know, and maybe like one show got canceled or a couple shows got canceled, but within a, a significantly shorter period of time than what we have seen up north, shows were happening again. It was just, you know, you have the, you know, you've got the two hours, you have to wear your mask, you know, you've got to do X, Y, and Z. But, um, yeah, so you see, like, the, the people who maybe lived a little further north are coming down because, like, man, I just want to I want to be at a show. You know, like, they're, they're happy to be at a show. And then, um, you know, you had the vendors that didn't necessarily really stop doing shows because the, the circuit down here is so large. Um, you know, so they, they weren't like, uh, you know, they're just like, hey, man, it's cool that we still get to do shows. You know? Yeah. Um, so there really wasn't... Uh, a shift in energy towards it, towards a negative. They were just like, yeah, hey, you know, it's, it's a, it's a pothole in the road kind of deal, but we're still, you know, we're still moving forward, which, um, you know, I, I, I dig it. You know, I mean, I don't know if I agree with hosting a large scale reptile expo during a pandemic, but <laughs> with no regulations, yeah, <laughs> with very little regulations, yeah. you know? And I mean, I will say that, um, you know, the the two hour time slots like they had a cap you mm -hmm. know so like it was up to x amount of people and then it was sold out you know so it wasn't yeah. just like anybody can come in and get a ticket for this two hour period and so you had to buy it online ahead of time and once they sold out they sold out and that was it so there was a cap um i i think that has its pros and cons for sure um but i interestingly enough I feel like there were some vendors that actually like enjoyed having that, that gap in between. Um, so you can walk around a little bit. You can walk around. It was just like a moment to decompress, you know, yeah. like you could, you could run to the bathroom and not get swarmed by a million people. You know, you could, um, you know, you could buy that animal you saw at the beginning of the show, but you had to rush back to your table and you're just praying nobody bought it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, ener the energy down here seems to still be pretty consistent, um, which is great. You know, it's nice that there's still some semblance of, of normal, um, you know, because, I mean, up by us, it's, it's, you know, there's no White Plains show. There's no Long Island show. The Manchester show only happened one other time other than the one that just passed, you know, and there's no mass show, you know. So those, those are our four shows up there, you know, in, in the New England area. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so unless you're going to make the drive down to um, 
Yep. Hamburg. Hamburg. Thank you. I was <laughs> just drawing a blank to Hamburg or you're going to go down to like the mid Atlantic show or whatever, all the way down to Maryland, you know, talking about driving between five to seven hours to go to a yeah. show, you know, from us, you know, you're like, yeah, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. Cause I'm going to go to, I'm going to drive five to seven hours for a show that I can only be at for two hours and then drive five to seven hours back. Oh, that would make me so angry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not a good idea. Um, if it was summertime, it'd be different because I'd be like, okay, I can go for two hours, and then when I leave, I'm going field herping for the rest of the day. Yeah, but exactly. There's no rep, real reptiles. I mean, there's turtles out right now, and amphibians are starting to make their way around and everything, but it's different. It's not yeah. the same. Yeah, no, it's All true. It's true. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I just think there's a lot of uh, – it's just different. It's just different, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think people are necessarily upset by the – the the new the new normal um you know i i know that there are certain people that are like man i just can't wait for shows to be back as they were no breaks just let the people in you know no limits or whatever but um nobody necessarily felt like they're in a rush for that they're just like hey man we're just happy that we can have a show yeah that's i feel like that's how it was this weekend people were just excited to be out they're excited to you know be at an expo see some cool animals, talk to some people that they know online. I had so many people come up to the booth and they're like, I watch all your videos. At the and I'm like, yeah, hey, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was, it was cool. So I, I don't know. I felt like this expo more than the last couple, I mean, besides Tinley, um, more than the last, you know, few Manchester's that I've been to or, or local exos that I've been to, people were excited to be there. And even if they got to wear a mask, people were just happy to be out of the house and doing something that's not scrolling on social media. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly that dude. Exactly that. And, uh, also I'm jealous cause you guys got to hang out with, um, Ty Park and, uh-huh. uh, and John from Sim Container and they were uh-huh. at the show. Yeah, go ahead. Rub uh-huh. it in. All, that is, all that is for me is an excuse to go back to Florida to go to, to Tyler's go to place. Land. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so I'm doing that too. Yeah. So, you know. It was, it was so amazing. It was great to, to finally meet Ty. You know, I had known Ty Park for, through um, social media for a while now. And um, he's such a great guy, you know, even in his, his social media posts, he's just like a super positive person. He's got determination. He's, you know, putting his, um, you know, his nose to the grind and, and doing things. And he is just like doing some amazing work. He's got some incredible animals at Iguana Land, and, you know, being able to have him up here and he was, he's vaccinated and everything. So he got both his vaccines before he even came up and traveled. Um, but he, you know, he, hanging out and talking lizards with him. It was just amazing. It was so cool. It was so cool because I'm just like, dude, I I was geeked out. I was super geeked out. And then me and John have known each other for a long time. Um, You know, probably 10 years, eight, 10 years or something. Cause I used to see him at the white plains expo and he would always have like weird monitors and stuff. And, and I would always go talk to him about that. And one time I had vended next to him and, you know, I was like, Oh, you know, I got some black tree monitors. He's like, wait a second, you have black tree monitors. <laughs> and so <laughs> you know, I ended up talking to him about that and going back and forth about the different tree monitor species and you know, all this different stuff. So um, me and him, you know, I've known him for a while and it was amazing to have him come up to nerd and, Cause he's never been to nerd before. 
He'd never experienced oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so for him and Ty, it was both of their first times being there. Yeah. And uh, John was just all smiles the whole time. Just like every time he took a monitor out, he's just like, oh, my goodness, this thing's amazing. <laughs> and, and, and you know, Ty wanted to get right in there, too. Like, he's, he got pictures of the big black dragon, our big black dragon male. And and with the uh, big albinos and everything, he was like, no, I'm getting right in there. I want to hold them. And I was like, yeah, they got some serious claws. He's like, I wore my long sleeves. We're cool. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It was great. It was great. But like, you know, it's cool to have people there who can like, I'm not saying that people who come to nerd don't appreciate the monitors because the people love the monitors and, and it's really cool and unique to experience the, the monitors we've got here. Um, but both Ty and John have, you know, like decades of experience of working with lizards and monitors. Yeah. So, seeing those guys experience the monitors that we've got here and, and how they are. Yeah. That was, that was so it's amazing. A different, yeah, it was it's so a different cool. interaction. Yeah. It's completely different, just completely yeah. different. And it was, it was just, it really tripped me out. It was, it was so cool. And to be able to share that, you know, experience with them uh, was just, it was, so, it was amazing. It was so cool. Hell yeah. And then the whole weekend, like when I was, when I was at the expo, cause Ty went to the expo too. I'd be sitting there like just you know hanging out or, or talking to somebody or something, and all of a sudden I feel somebody like grab my shoulders and give me a big hug, and it's Ty, and he's like, "What's up? How's it going?" And I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, that's awesome." I'm like, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm I'm pumped. I'm, and you know he had a good time at the expo. Uh, you know John was on vacation with his family, so his family was there, and his kids were like, "Oh yeah, we got lizards at home." And he was like, ah. "No." <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm coming yeah. back next time. No kids, no kids. It's just there gonna be go. me. <laughs> <laughs> but that energy is just contagious, man. You know, seeing someone get excited and and you know processing all the the stuff that's going on, you know, at the expo and here, it was just super cool. Yeah, I think that's that's that was one of the things I was gonna say is like we've experienced it a few different times at Nerd where. Ha, you know, having people come to visit, like, the, especially mm. like being through everything that we've been through over the last year and change, where like there hasn't been any real person to person interaction in no. general, uh, just in hardly general, any. you know, so to like start to finally have some of these opportunities again, you, you really, these are the things like so many people harp on the negativity, you know, especially mm. on social media. But that kind of energy, you know, the face to face, like we're just hanging out, blah, 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 like that's everything you know mm -hmm. what i mean and like that for me that's the kind of stuff that drives me you know like i mean like being being down here i'm, I'm obviously i'm hanging out with lenny um from demonic reptiles while i'm down here um but even like being just being around other musicians you know the couple sessions that i've had like that face-to-face -face interaction like mm -hmm. you're just excited you're just excited yeah. because you're with people you know different people than you've spent the last year locked away with you know <laughs> yeah you know like yeah. that's just that's a totally different experience you know and i mean i i think for for anyone that might be uh a little too hyper focused on any of the negativity that exists i think man you just got to go find somebody that you're you know comfortable hugging that's outside of your freaking outside uh, of your group quarantine yeah. group and just go yeah. like say what's up you know, like, yeah. even if you are like, I don't really want to be around anybody else. Even if you're like driving by your buddy's house and, uh, and you just hit him up and you're like, 
you know, hey, dude, come outside. Like, just say hello. Like, some, yeah. like, they're just something face to face. You know, stand in your car and talk to them from seven feet away. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, I really do, I really do think there's, uh, there's a lot more positivity that's just like kind of under, underlying that exists. Um, but we just need to see each other, man. Like, mm-hmm. that's the biggest freaking thing. I, uh, I'm just reading the YouTube comments. I, I forgot that I could go on there and see what people are saying in the YouTube comments. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, uh, they're, they're asking what's, what's behind me. And I got, there's scrub pythons in here. Um, and then there's like some monitors over there and there's Borneos and stuff in behind me there. So, you know what I've there's got a variety behind me? Ball pythons? Ball pythons! <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> Wait, there's, I heard that there's some berms over there, too. There's a couple berms. There's a couple retics. There's a green anaconda. You know, uh, this asshole shops at Nerd. <laughs> you must be balling shit. <laughs> I can't shop at Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> me either. <laughs> Oh my gosh, too funny! Yeah. But um, but yeah, I definitely I think that energy wave really is um incredibly important. You know, I mean, uh, just thinking, it, I'm I'm kind of bummed that I missed the expo, um, mm-hmm. just because like I mean, obviously New England, that's where I'm from. You know, so many of those people are people that uh I've known for the vast majority of my life that it would have been amazing to to see again. So. I uh, I guess I need to make sure I'm in town for the next one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, I'm looking at you, bud. Yeah, that's cool. I know you missed me, Rob. It's okay. I did. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I'll be back soon enough. Dan's coming to say hi. Hi, Dan. What? <laughs> Dan. We're live streaming right now. Jeremy, I got something for you. Oh, no, oh, no, 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 none of that. None of that. We can't have any of that on the live stream. Oh, that's okay. He got bit by the Walmart, bit him on the stomach. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. It wouldn't let go. Walmart's, they got eyes that are too big for their stomach it's, and their mouth. That's very true. That's very true. Oh, Ouch. my gosh. That's a painful bite. Oof. Oh man. Oof. Yeah. Rob was live, live streaming, so. Yeah, and I'm live so yeah, I can't help him. Help yeah. I heard him screaming and crying, and I was like, <laughs> "Somebody help him!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Dan. Poor That's Dan. okay. We'll um, figure it out. A couple of people. I'm just looking at the YouTube comments too. Somebody's asking if I'm not at Nerd anymore. No, I'm still at Nerd. I'm just away for the week. I had some musical work. Um, down in North Carolina, so I'm down here for a few more days, and then I'll be back. Um, and a couple of people asking about my uh, Super Tiger OGS. Uh, we got the rest of the eggs out of her, which is good. She's on a round of antibiotics, and uh, looks like she'll uh, make a full recovery with no issues. So I'm pretty excited about that. So um, the last big hurdle to get through is getting her uh, to feed. And, uh, and then I think we'll be good to go. So after this course of antibiotics, we'll be good to go to give her some food and yeah, but she's active. She's alert. She's all that other fun stuff wants to kill us. So 
<laughs> so uh, she's not your best friend anymore. She's not my best friend anymore. I got to work a lot on uh, building that trust back up with her. But uh, yeah. Hey, all I'll say is uh, at least uh, at least she's not a monster sized retic. So true. I've taken bites from retics that size before, and <laughs> they suck. But you live. So mm -hmm. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, so Rob, what, what are some of the things that you've seen social media wise when it comes to like the, the energy and, and kind of direction of energy, um, just in the industry as, as a whole? I mean, right now, I mean, I feel like a lot of the groups that I'm in, like the species specific or group specific, uh, groups, they are really popping right now. People are really posting some interesting stuff. I mean, I sent you earlier that Annery Okatee. I was like, God dang, that thing is nice. It's so cool. I mean, I don't, I'm, I've never been like a huge fan of corn snakes, but like <laughs> I saw that Annery Okatee and I was like, this thing's silly looking. It's so nice. <laughs> but it feels like, you know, as so at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, people were just stuck at home and we saw like this huge burst of people getting new reptiles. And, you know, we did a, a lot of sales when the pandemic started. I mean, as soon as FedEx allowed for us to ship and do all that sort of stuff, we saw tons of sales because everyone's just sitting at home. So it's like, I'm spending all my time in my house. Maybe I should get a couple more reptiles or maybe <laughs> I should get some reptiles. And, and uh, so now people are starting to like, you know, raise some stuff up and they're sharing some of the things that they picked up and, you know, uh, they're really proud of the things that they've, they've got. And that's been really cool to see the amount yeah. of people who are like, I've now, you know, it, the pandemic sucks. You know, I lost my job, but it's allowed me to take my time and focus on my reptiles and focus on these things that I'm really interested in. And I've got this passion for that. You might not have had, you know, the time or, or the, you know, you might not have been pushed to do that before, but yeah. now with, with COVID and everything, a lot of people are are taking advantage of it and making the best of a poor situation. And I can't tell you how many people I've seen that are like, no, I'm I swapped over from having a regular job to I do reptiles full time now. It's that's wild. actually that's actually very true. It, it, it that has I've seen the same kind of uptake in people who are able to to work with the animals full time right now, which I think is awesome. Um, you know, cause I, I, I think it's important to note on that, uh, on that front that like, it's still a very possible thing to do, you know? Um, yeah. but, uh, you have to know what you're doing. You know, you can't yeah. just randomly go one day and be like, I just don't want to my, do my job anymore. I'm going to work <laughs> with snakes all day. And then all you have oh, is like, yeah, all you have is like 10 ball pythons that you've never bred before. Um, you know, yep. like that, that doesn't work. Um, but you know, I mean, it was, uh, it, it's, it, I think it's quite refreshing to see like, um, Marshall Mendez building his new, uh, oh my goodness, building and everything like yes. that, that kind of stuff. Absolutely hmm. love, you know, very inspiring. Um, and Trace Harden too. Trace, Trace just set up exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm still geeked out watching every little pro, uh, progression video and picture that he's been posting. I'm just like, oh, I need that. I need yeah, to yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, man, it's 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 awesome. Um, you know, I feel like that's for a lot of people. It's kind of like the dream, right, is to just work uh, 
work with the things that you love, you know, and, and do what you love. Um, you know, be that for yourself or you get a job like at nerd or, or just some, something like that, where you just get to work, um, with amazing animals. Cause that's what we love to do. Um, yep. so yeah, I think, and I think that's definitely like a huge push of, uh, of positivity to be like, look, you can do it, you know? You can, and yeah. there's like no time, uh, no time like the present, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to make it happen. And, uh, you know, when you're producing some badass animals, you know, and you can make it work, do it, you know? And, uh, you know, I think following people like Marshall and, and Trace are also a great example that, like, it doesn't need to just be ball pythons. Like, you, yeah. can, you can, you know, breed other species of reptiles and make a, a living um, doing that, you know? Um, and I think that's an important thing to, to note. Because it's it's so often publicized being you know all ball python based, you know, yeah. which obviously being the most popular pet snake, I'm sure certain sales are easier to make. But uh, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, some of these people, you know, they're like breeding green trees or whatever. Their market is much smaller, but they're able to breed, you know, maybe three or five through between three to ten clutches, depending on what they're actually working with, and make a substantial amount of money. In some yeah. cases, the same amount of money that somebody who's got 50 clutches of ball pythons is making. Or more. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so that's, which is amazing. Like, that's insane yeah. to really think about just because it's so often just pushed as, as ball pythons. Um, yeah. You know. And then there's people doing stuff like, I mean, there's been a huge uptick in people doing uh, gargoyle geckos, like selectively bred red gargoyle geckos. I've seen a couple that are like, Two three thousand dollar gargoyle geckos, and I was yeah, like, Are you "Silly!" Me right now? <laughs> Same silly. thing with leopard geckos. I mean, uh, crested geckos. People do, going off like Chase from Zengex. Holy yeah. crap, man! Every time that guy posts some geckos, I'm like, "Jeez, holy moly!" It's yeah, amazing. It's really incredible to see. And you know, the the lily white morph in crested geckos. You know it's kind of been at a thousand dollars for the last several years. And I was like, Oh, it's going to come down. And like, when it's like $500, there's a lot of people are going to get into it. And I was like, Oh, it's going to take like two, three years. They've been holding steady at like a thousand. Like they even dipped down to like $600 at one point. And now they're like back up to a thousand dollars. And they're like a stunning gecko. Like they're worth every cent of a thousand dollars. I think in my opinion, um, but it's just like, you know, if you would put a little bit of money into buying some nice breeder females or, or, you know, you know, some nice lily whites to raise up and then get some nice males to put to them, you can make a killing doing and crested geckos like a crap ton of eggs. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> and you don't even need an incubator. <laughs> I know. Leave them on the shelf and they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Did you see this is totally random, but also very cool. Uh, did you see the baby Chihuahuas downstairs? I did. I was like, "What? Yeah. Wait, are those from are those from ours? Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. I'm Dude, proud of them. Tyler was down there. This is when I was still up there. Tyler was down there and he was spraying that uh, basin because they moved the Chihuahuas out of there. They redid it for the basin. So he's in there spraying for the basin and just sees pink. <laughs> it's like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah yep 
it's that's insane yeah so he sees that one and he's you know so he takes that out and he's like spraying again and then bing, the other one showed up and it was like they had just hatched because they were going through their first sheds like right then and there it was wow. like it was crazy i was like oh my god like that's really <laughs> cool <laughs> dude so two years ago something similar to that happened so two years ago in the winter time uh dozer and tonka our rhino iguanas at nerd we had had them in our one of our big monitor rooms they get like a corner enclosure where they've got this like all these area to climb and a big window to sit out in the sun and all this right. stuff um and so they spent the whole winter time there and then summer spring summer they moved outside and we put some albino water monitors uh over in that enclosure and when dozer and tonka are in there we put redfoot tortoises in there because they oh, eat all the same this. stuff and yeah. so so uh, we moved the red foot tortoises outside. We moved the iguanas outside. And then this was when Donnie was still doing monitors. And he comes in and he's like, hey, uh, there's supposed to be a tortoise in the monitor enclosure. And I'm like, we took all those out. Like, they're all outside. And he's like, no, 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 like a little baby one. And I was like, there's no baby red. There's no baby tortoises in there. He's like, no, there's like a little. And I was like, I don't believe you. So he went and grabbed it. He brought it back. And his, his little hatchling red foot tortoise. And I was like, <laughs> Are you kidding me? The red foot tortoises have bred inside the enclosure, buried the eggs in the substrate, and the substrate's like a foot deep. So, like, I mean, I figured that the monitors, once they got in there, they would have dug up those eggs and ate them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess enough time had passed where it didn't smell like eggs and they didn't dig in that particular area because we went in there and we found two more eggs and we hatched out the babies from those eggs. And I yeah. was like, what the heck is going on That's right so now? Crazy. Especially because the monitors were in there and the baby was on top of the substrate. Like it hatched out, dug out of the substrate and was on top of the substrate when he found it. And I was like, how did the monitors not eat this freshly hatched little cheeseburger yeah. that was in there? <laughs> yeah. That's hey, wild. Take it. Take it. Just take it. <laughs> I was impressed. Yeah. Those are the things, man. Those are the, those are the ridiculously awesome things that happen. <laughs> In, in our line of work. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. That's like finding wild toke geckos all over the building. Well, that's that's been happening for years. That's I know. <laughs> it's scary, though, when you reach your hand behind a rack and hear, uh -uh, and you're like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> that's scary. You don't, know, you don't know fear until you reach your hand behind something where you can't see and you hear a toke gecko bark. Ah. That's true. That is real fear. That's real fear. Yeah. <laughs> like, forget heights. Forget drowning. That's not scary. Reaching behind a cage and hearing a toke gecko bark is scarier than all of those things that's combined. That's very true. To me. <laughs> I think it's weird uh, because there's so many people who have never been bit by a toke gecko or they've only been bit by like a sick, a sickly one, one at, yeah. at an expo or something. And they're like, toke gecko bites don't hurt. And I'm like, let me show you a real toke gecko. And I show them like a big, healthy, fat male. And I'm they're yeah. like, oh, oh. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It feels like you'd grab a pair of pliers and just like pinch down on you. Yep. And don't let go for very, very long periods of time. <laughs> yeah, for real. Mm. <laughs> The last time I got bit by one, it held on for like 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, you got you got Tokyo geckos. You got to make sure that you don't you don't got nothing but time. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Because damn, you're gonna be yeah. real upset. 
mm-hmm. or you're going to be going to whatever engagement you need to go to and there's going to be a toke gecko still attached to you. <laughs> Pretty much. I used to do it with gloves. So if they bit the glove, I could just like sneak my hand out and then throw the whole glove and, and the gecko into its enclosure and just come there back later. There you go. <laughs> and it would still be attached to the glove by the time you came back. <laughs> Oh yeah, I had that like, Why? Yeah, it's been forty-five minutes. Why are you still biting that thing? Yeah, <laughs> that's freaking amazing. Uh, that's uh, that's got to be the next thing we get uh, Lucas bit by the next time he comes to Nerd. It's going to be a big hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Speaking about Lucas and yeah. and youth, youth in the hobby that are doing things, he's got green tree python eggs right now, which is like challenging for people who breed green tree pythons. And he is like, he's doing it. And his eggs look really good. Like when he first posted them, I was like, eh, I want them again. I was like, don't get ahead of yourself. Just keep focus. Stay, you know, watch them, make sure everything's cool. And he is right on it. And then he posted a yeah. picture a couple days ago or something. And they all look mint. And I was like, yeah, what the hell? That's where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Where it's what? I put them on the counter in the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, a hundred percent. And that's like, that's one of those testaments to really being dedicated to a project that you enjoy that you, know? you love um you know because i mean think about it like how many teenagers get and there this is certainly not a, a dig at anybody but how many teenagers get into it and they've got ball pythons or they've got corn snakes or they've got you know bearded dragons or leopard geckos and they start breeding those not that there's anything wrong with that obviously they all pose their own very good place challenges. to get started yeah yeah um but to have that amount of dedication to where you're like no no like i keep some of that stuff but i am like Focused. zeroing in on green trees and emerald tree boas and and all of that stuff like this is what i enjoy so to get these animals you know raise them up he got them as juveniles or, or sub-adults mm-hmm. so kind of raise them up to the rest of breeding size breed them mm-hmm. and go through that entire cycle you know having never bred anything else you know being around breeders and stuff because you know his family's been in it you know but never actually doing that work himself to them breeding one of the trickiest python species to to reproduce you know very um, challenging and also crush the odds like it's it's very commonplace to get first time green trees that just slug out Mm -hmm. and and give you you know junk or like one egg and a bunch of junk and uh you know, I mean, he had everything right, and damn, you know. Yeah. So yeah, now those those eggs are cooking in that incubator, and um, the the question is going to be: Is he going to pull a rob and keep them all back, or uh, is he going to actually sell some things? Here's the deal <laughs> with, with with Borneos and with green tree pythons and blood pythons and carpet pythons. You kind of want to see, like, after a year, where what their color does and what direction they're going to go in. Because, like, yeah, a baby green yeah. python, it's tough to tell where what it's going to look like in a year. It is easier to sell it when they're <laughs> yellow or red or orange babies, though. That is true. That is true. Unless so, he gets really crazy blue ones, because those are yeah, easy to sell. That's true. That's true. But then he would probably would keep them all. 
I mean, I, that's what I would do. Yeah. I got so many people who are like, hey, when Janet has babies, you need to sell me one. And I was like, first clutch is mine. Sorry. <laughs> all those babies are mine, unless they're all boys. That's the only way that I'll sell any. Yeah. Other, other than that, just, everything's mine. Now you just jinxed yourself, though. I, I don't care. clutch is going to be boys. That's fine. <laughs> I, I, I already know where they're going to go if, if they are all boys. So That's fair. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> they're special animals to me so that's true that is very true um so yeah so shout out to lucas um for real if uh if you guys don't know who we're talking about it's at cobra keeper jr on instagram um go check out what he's what he's doing because uh he's doing some good stuff and it's just Amen. the beginning for him it which is. is which is awesome um speaking of lucas though that, that brings me to kind of circling back to like energy in the industry and how this kind of impacts youth. Um, you know, I mean, as much as there is positivity that we've seen that does exist in the industry, it's uh, unfortunately still become very, very easy to find some drip of drama um, <clears throat> and negativity that, um, that often will literally just scare people away from the industry. You know, yeah. um, and and it, it certainly sucks. Um, you know, like uh, Lucas had just posted something on his Instagram story about like, you know, I need to just like step back from from social media for a bit because I I don't really know how to deal with like just everything that I see is somebody's attacking this person or somebody's going off about this or going off about that, and it's like, aren't we supposed to be like in the hobby together because we just like these animals? Like, what's what's the deal? You know, and unfortunately, it's a really common way to uh to lose people you know in in the industry um especially those people who are like brand new and they really don't know anything you know yeah. where it's like they have a bearded dragon they got the setup that they think is correct and they post a photo of it and maybe something is is wrong um and then people just like jump down their throat and uh it's like man they just want to be a they just wanted to be a reptile keeper they want to be a beardy mom or whatever you know um <clears throat> it's uh it's a challenge um but you know i mean unfortunately unfortunately it's a lot of times it's it's adults that uh that just think they're the best thing in the world um and it, it's like dude we all started somewhere you know everybody knew nothing at one point you know yep. i mean Hell, who who the hell was um, um I think it was like Brian Barczyk on one of his podcasts was talking about uh another old school herper that like the first time they bred Burmese pythons, it was like four clutches produced before they figured out how to incubate the eggs. You know, yes. four times there were eggs on the ground of captive bred Burmese pythons, and three of those four clutches went to shit because they just didn't know how to do anything with this. So at some point, everybody knew nothing, yeah. you know, when it came to this. And, um, you know, granted, there's a lot more research and, and uh, easily accessible information on the Internet than there was, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. But uh, it still doesn't negate the fact that, like, people just need people need to learn, you know, and uh, nobody liked that teacher that was an asshole in school or, you know, marked up everything you turned in with red ink, you know, rather than actually just like had a conversation with you, you know, and yeah. be like, hey, you know, you should look at it this way or whatever. Same thing applies, man. Like, 
you know, I'd rather I'd rather see somebody post something that's messed up and then shoot them a DM and be like, hey, saw your post, you know, so glad that you're keeping reptiles. Um, I noticed that, you know, this aspect of your enclosure isn't necessarily the greatest. Here's a couple things you should check out, you know, to kind of help, you know, help <laughs> enhance the life of your animal and your experience with that animal. You know, because yeah. at the end of the day, if, you know, if you get hit with a, a bunch of people like shitting on you for something you're doing incorrectly and B, because that thing that you were doing incorrectly now potentially got that animal sick, you've dealt with all the douchebags and then potentially losing your animal be just because you didn't know something, you know, yeah. um, and that's. I, if that was me, I wouldn't want to like do anything else. I would be like, all right, well, I tried it. It's not for me. Yeah. You know, I think that one of the, one of the things that I, um, that I've seen recently that kind of like grinds my gears is like, <laughs> I see a lot of like younger people, uh, who are like just free handling, trying to free handle every venomous snake that they can. And I'm like, you're 17 years old. And they're like, well, I've got experience. I'm like, how, how much experience can you have at 17 years old? Like, I, like, I get it. I, I've been watching lots of snakes and stuff. You know, I watched Steve Irwin and all those stuff. And it's like, yeah, you, they, there's cool. You've watched a video of people doing things. That's different than like hands-on experience of understanding animal behavior and, you know, psychology and all this stuff. And, you know, those kids, I mean, they, they do catch some heat, but it seems to just fuel them to do it more. And, you know, almost all of them have been bit and it's like, yeah. that's not, that's not something to be proud of. And it's like, you know, they look up to people um, like, you know, like Tyler Nolan or, or Chandler or whoever that just does uh, the free or Will Nace. And um, they just want to do that. And it's like, I remember thinking I was invincible when I was a kid too. <laughs> I, I remember that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to crap on, uh, on that. You know, that's, that's, part of being a kid and, and doing dumb stuff you know everyone does it you know i didn't drink or, or do anything like that when i was a kid um you know i did play with big snakes and i can go out uh, like all all kinds of stuff with you know reptiles and everything so i mean yeah it, if it's not one thing it's another yeah but uh you know people have to you know, that's something that discourages me uh, as a, a keeper sometimes is seeing these, you know, 16 year olds or 17 year olds, and they just want to free handle everything. And they're like posting pictures online and all this, that, and the other thing. And, and, um, you know, I don't have as much respect for those people as I do when I see someone who's 16 or 17 or 18. And, um, you know, they're using a hook or, or a, a tool or something just to, even if they're tailing it, like I'm, I'm cool with tailing stuff. That's fine. That's something you got to do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, I have way more respect when I see people doing that online than the people who are like, I need to put it on, uh, look at how close it is to my face. And I'm like, what do you think that you're proving? Like, I don't understand uh, what you think that you're, you're teaching people because yeah. there, and then the first thing they hit you with is like, Oh, I'm showing people that snakes aren't scary. And it's like, that's not how you do it though. Yeah. Like that, yeah, yeah. There's a most of people way to do that. Yeah, most of the people are clicking to see if you die. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I hate to be blunt about it, but like half those clicks are people waiting to see when you die. And that's kind of yeah. like bleak. That's bleak for me. Like, I don't want people to watch my shit just so that when I get bit, <laughs> they go, well, I knew that was coming. And if you like, 
all those I'm not gonna say all of them, but a lot of those people who do the free handling and stuff, they've been bit. It just is what it is. It's part of the beast. If the people uh, want to take that risk, you know, you can play Russian roulette for 15 years, but it all takes is one time, and yeah, that's it. Like no, that's, <laughs> that's yeah, how I, it is. I think that's exactly it. I, I definitely think that's exactly it. Yeah, I, I've definitely seen that that same kind of stuff, and it's like, dude, you know, I. I I remember having a conversation months ago with, with one of those kids who posted a video clip free handling a Southern Pacific rattlesnake. And I was like, Oh, that's a bad one to get bit by. Uh, yeah. I that's that's like, a real bad one to get bit by. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. Now mind you, the, it, the snake was, was very young, probably like a year old at most. Still. And, uh, and the person, <laughs> well, no, no, no. But the, the response when I was like, why, why would you, what are you doing? And they're like, well, I've raised this snake. I know it's, it's a year old. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and I'm like, the snake's a year old and doesn't even know its own behavior. Literally, like, yeah. Like, they haven't you... come into their mature uh, mindset yet. Like, yeah, you know, I'm like that. Yeah. You, that was the most ridiculous thing I think I had ever heard. Is like, well, I've raised this snake and I, I, I'm aware of its behavior. I'm like, what? Like, please yeah. let let me let me go. Let me go find a child and and start like punching that child, expecting some ridiculous uh you know thing to happen Response, and be like, Well, yeah. I know I know that kid is just gonna lay down on the ground and that's that's all it's gonna do because I punched it. Like, dude, one of those days yeah. that child's gonna be six foot. <laughs> it's yeah. gonna find you and annihilate you, you know. But like, yeah. <clears throat> you know, it it is it is what it is, but uh you know, I mean, I think uh, there there has to be there definitely has to be some level of um, of understanding. You know, one of the things that I think that's frustrating too is like in a lot of these cases where it's younger kids free handling, they're in states where there's like very little regulations, or you know, yeah. maybe they're connected with somebody that has stuff and they also free handle or, or whatever. Um, it just sets a bad, a bad example. You know, I mean, you know, there's, there's like the argument of, uh, you know, well, just cause you see somebody, you know, doing one thing, does that mean you, you know, you need to go and do it too. And it's like, well, no, I don't need to do what somebody else does, but it's badass, So I want to try it, you know, and that, that mentality is, is all it takes for somebody to get seriously injured. Yeah. And the thing for me is like, um, it's one thing if you, you know, want to have an experience with your animal and, you know, you, you have a full understanding of this animal, you've worked with it for years and you can, you know, you've tested your limitations and all sorts of stuff with this animal. Um, and, and if you're doing that for that experience with that animal, that's one thing. But when you take pictures and video and you post it on social media, it's not about that animal. It's not about that experience anymore. It's about you trying to boost your ego trying to show look at how look at the thing that i can do that you can't do or you know that's what they think they're doing but for the people who actually understand you know snake psychology and snake behavior at a more advanced level you're not you're not doing anything that hasn't been done before you know it, it's very rare that you would do anything that hasn't been done before that's yeah. all what 
all it breaks down to. And, and you're just doing it for your own ego. Um, you know, I, I know a few people who keep a lot of venomous snakes and they free handle, but they literally don't take any pictures. They don't post any pictures or video. They just do it because they have an understanding with, you know, a specific animal in their collection. They've had it for years. When they move it, it responds better to, you know, a gentle lift and being hooked and then place someplace as opposed to, um, you know, just using it on tools or whatever. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's on them. I mean, I don't have any issue with that. The, uh, the biggest thing is just like when you go from, you know, taking this experience that you're having with this animal and, and sharing that moment with the animal uh, to then posting it online, you're, you're not caring about the animal anymore. It has nothing to do about, I mean, it's very, very little to do with the actual animal at that point. It's got more to do with you trying to impress people, uh, you trying to boost your ego, uh, trying to portray something that you think that you are. And, Mm -hmm. you know, their, their idea is, Oh, well, it's going to win people over about uh, snakes and you don't have to free handle venomous snakes to do that. You really don't. Yeah, um, like literally you could hatch a ball python with an emoji face. Yeah, I mean, like, or you could just hold a regular snake or a rat snake or literally something that's not potentially going to kill you. Yeah. Um, or or even just taking a venomous snake out and putting it down on the floor, you know, using your tools, taking a venomous snake out, putting it on the floor and standing next to it. Yeah. Because the general understanding, the general consensus is that, you know, venomous snakes are evil and they're going to chase you and they're going to come after you and blah, blah, blah. But if you take a venomous snake out and put it on the floor, 99 times out of 100, they're going to freeze or they're going to go away from you. They're going to go yeah. in a direction that's not near you because you're a threat. You're a giant animal and they don't want to potentially get hurt. Snakes are a big backbone. You know, you, you step on one and you're going to break its back. It's, it's yeah, all it it's is as simple as that. Yeah. And it's, it's venom is not going to kill you in a reasonable amount of time. Like even some of the more toxic species. So like it's venom is not a good form of self-defense. So literally they're saying, Oh, well I'm teaching people that venomous snakes aren't evil. And it's like, there are so many ways to do that without, um, you know, taking this huge exponential risk. And the more that you do it, the more risk there is. I mean, the, um, you know, you can drive around for years and never have any accidents. And then, you know, one day you have an accident. It just is what it is. The longer you drive, the more likely it's going to happen because it's statistics. Um, and, and for those people, I feel like they're not, they don't fully, um, look at the bigger picture of what's going on in the world around them and, and the climate that we're in as keepers in the United States and around the world. It's just, um, you know, I feel like it's an immature mindset is what it boils down to. And a lot of the kids or a lot of, I don't want to say kids, a lot of the younger people I see that are free handling are younger people. They're 17 years old or 20 years old or whatever. And, you know, yeah. speaking as someone who's 32 and has been keeping snakes for 17 years, you know, I didn't feel like I was in a comfortable position with snake psychology and, um, and understanding of behavior and everything to, work with venomous snakes until I was like 10 years in, you know, until mm-hmm. I had a, a good solid base of understanding of not just, you know, looking at venomous snakes, but also a variety of different non-venomous snakes and other reptiles too, because there's, you know, there's so many different aspects of, of where this can go and everything. So it's, yeah. it is what it is. And, you know, for, for those people, 
I know they're, they're probably not going to be listening to this specifically unless someone links them directly. Like I, I don't expect them to listen to this at all. Um, but for you who's listening at home, um, just think about what you put on social media and what your intended um, reason or, or that what you're looking to get out of posting that thing. Yeah. Um, because, I think one like, of the things that's, that's uh, I, I just want to interject this, that's no. I think important to note to, uh, as you mentioned, like the, the, cl- the current climate of the industry in today's you know, world and where we're at. A lot of times venomous keepers that really just keep venomous have no idea what's happening in the non-venomous industry or part of the industry or sometimes have no idea what's happening in the industry at all because the the venomous community is is so niche you know and it's of course you can go on you know, like kingsnake.com or fauna and like find a venomous snake and buy a venomous snake. And it's basically whatever, um, you know, or you go to a reptile show where you can get venomous and you buy a venomous snake and that is what it is. But um, there's a little less involvement or community involvement. I feel like it's, it's because it's so niche. It's also very, uh, I don't want to say doors closed, but people just in general, like the, the valid herp keepers that are keeping hots that are like, you know, like Cody and Pia and like, and other people like that. You're not necessarily like out in the public eye, like doing all these things or like interacting with other aspects of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they, they might not even be aware of the entire gravity of, of the portrayed thing that they're doing, you know, yeah. not that that's an excuse, um, but sometimes that just realizing that that's not even necessarily a, a blip on the radar, you know, is, uh, is often troubling to even think about. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, someone in the, in the comments was asking about, uh, free handling inverts. Um, and honestly, I try and be really hands off with a lot of my invertebrates. Uh, the difference is, um, in the history of the United States, there has never been someone killed by a a tarantula bite um you know spiders in particular very rarely do they kill people um you know scorpions very rarely if ever do they kill people um centipedes same thing i mean you, you do take a calculated risk i i don't like seeing people who just post pictures of them handling their invertebrates because again it makes it less about the animal itself and more about the person and their ego and what they look at me, look what I can do, blah, blah, blah. Um, saying that I have handled a lot of the things that I've kept, not always on camera. Um, you know, uh, I work with a decent amount of invertebrates and I have over the last, you know, 25, 30 years, you know, pretty much my whole life. And, you know, it, it's a little different to me. But it it's, it makes me feel similarly when I see people who just post pictures of them handling you know potent spiders and stuff. I'm like, well, there's no there's no gained value from that really. I mean, it's very minimal value that people get because if someone sees you holding a tarantula, uh, like a rosehair tarantula, they think it's just as crazy as you holding a black widow. Like their understanding yeah. is so <laughs> skewed. A, a rosehair tarantula that's harmless is equated to a black widow that 
you know, potentially could be deadly if you don't get medical attention or you have a compromised immune system or something like that. So, you know, the, the, the gain, the, the way of risk versus what you get out of it is, is a little bit different with the inverts, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with like the rose hair tarantulas and stuff like that. I handle those on a regular basis to get people over their fear of tarantulas but the majority of my inverts, I don't handle. I, I don't really see the need to. I use catch cups. I use tools. Uh, I try and be as safe as possible. And you know what? Just throwing that out there and, and saying that, and then I'm, I'm admitting that I have free-handled stuff, and even some stuff that I wouldn't recommend that other people free-handle, like Pocotheria species, like the or- Indian ornamental tarantulas and some of the other ornamental species. Um, I've never been bit by a tarantula. In my entire life, and I've literally had them my whole life. My mom had tarantulas before I was born. When I was little, I was raised with them, and I've never been bit by a tarantula ever. And and a lot of people who free handle they can't say that, um, because they're they're not coming from a place of you know understanding the animal. They're coming at it. I'm going to conquer this beast. Look at look at me, <laughs> um, and they're not. You know, they're they're doing it for their reasons, not for the animal's reasons. Most of the times where I've handled my, you know, more potent species, um, it's been because they were panicked when I was moving them from one enclosure to another. They got out mm-hmm. into an open area and it was easier for me to get them uh, onto my hand as opposed to putting a catch cup over the top of them in the particular area that they were in. And, you know, I'm not going to say that I know more than other people when it comes to handling those sort of things. Um, but I have a very gentle technique and I, like I said, I've never been bit. So, I mean, that's got to stand for something. And I've been working with these animals for over 20 years. So like, that's not something that you learn overnight or even in a year. Like I get a lot of people who are like, Oh, I'm getting into tarantulas. I really want to get some old world species, which are like the ones that are generally more potent venom and more inclined to bite. And I'm like, you should probably get at least a year's worth of keeping inverts before you get a species that could potentially really hurt you um you know it's it's so much easier to make a mistake with in the first year of you keeping something than after you've had at least a year of of keeping things um you know accidents can still happen people can still make mistakes and get bit um but if you have a better understanding you know i get to see a lot of people in the the one thing that grinds my gears of the invert hobby is people get in and they go from like no spiders to like 500 spiders like i'm exaggerating a little bit but like zero spiders to like 50 spiders in two months and they haven't they haven't raised tarantulas for all that long they haven't understood their behavior or you know i mean you get used to feeding them and watering them and blah 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 but like there's things that you learn six months in eight months in a year five years in you just are not going to learn in the first two weeks or a month it's just it is what it is yeah it is what it is. i feel like part of that too comes from uh you know that first like couple weeks to a month and maybe even the first couple months there's still that like level of like you're just like oh man this is such a cool animal you know and then yeah. after that not to say that the the shininess goes away but like you, you're like, okay, like I have this animal. And then when you're looking at it, you're looking at it from a different perspective instead of looking at it as like, look at this cool, you know, crazy spider or crazy reptile or whatever. You're like, oh man, it's really interesting how this animal does blank, you know, during the day or whatever. You just start to look at it from a, a different, with a different lens. Yeah. I, you know, um, 
for people who are are wondering what I'm talking about, or or you know, they're like, well, I just I got into it. Um, if you've been keeping anything over a year, think about where you were a year ago, and what your understanding of those things were a year ago, or even not even related to reptiles. Think about the things that you didn't know in your life a year ago. <laughs> Think about how much your life has changed in one year and then relate that to your understanding of the animals that you keep. Yeah. And let, just let that soak in for just a minute. Like pause your tape right now and let that soak <laughs> in. Um, and then think about where your life was five years ago mm-hmm. and all the things that you didn't understand five years ago. And then bring that back to where you're at right now. And then think, waiting six months is not going to kill you. <laughs> it's not gonna, I mean, statistically, not waiting the six months is more likely to kill you than, than waiting the six yeah. months <laughs> when it comes to venomous stuff. Um, yeah. you know, people get so caught up in the excitement and the, you know, these animals, they bring up feelings in you and they bring up this like deep, deep like emotional psychological something to them and it's very easy to get caught up in it and just be like i need to envelop myself in this um (laughs) but if you can use your rational brain and you know i i really like that example i i've never put it like that before but just thinking about you know all the things that i thought i knew five years ago and now i look back and i'm like what the hell was that that idiot, the one, the dumb one over there, him, and I was, that me, the me, the dumb idiot from five years ago, him. Yeah. And then I look at it now, and I'm like, I have a much better understanding. But I know in five years ago, I'm going to be going. That at, guy. Look at, yeah, look at that guy. Yeah. Um, and that's the goal, though. I mean, but but you know, people when they get into, you know, any of these animals that are more advanced or, or you know potentially dangerous, it's it's worth taking the time breathing thinking about it i was talking to some of the guys today at nerd about um you know wanting to get scrub pythons when i was younger um you know when i was 18 years old i used to see scrub pythons for like 200 bucks at the expo and i was like <laughs> drooling over them and the guy at the table is like i'll cut you a deal i'll give you I'll, I'll sell it to you and and um for me i was just like i know i was living at home with my parents and i was like i can't i can't justify you know getting this animal and then you know, having to sell it. Like to me, that would be like gut wrenching. Like I, I just love yeah. scrubs so much that I, I turned down a lot of scrub pythons back in the day because I was just like, I don't want to you know, do wrong by this animal. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have to get rid of it. If I get it, I, if, if I want, if I'm going to sell any scrub pythons, I want it to be on my terms. I don't want it to be some external factor that, that is, you know, n- neither here nor there. And, uh, you know, it paid off. It paid off because I waited probably eight years to get my first scrub. But before, yeah. you know, from my first time seeing one in person uh, to getting one of my own, I waited like eight years. And I, I, when I got my scrub, I was at a way higher level of understanding of that animal's psychological behavior than if I had bought that first one that I saw at the first expo for 200 bucks, I probably would have had a crap time. I'll probably, I don't know if I would have appreciated them as much as, as much as I do. I I seriously, I don't know. I mean, I still like stuff that is more defensive and everything, but I don't think that, I don't know if I would have the same 
like love and drive for them that I do right now. So um, more of your enclosures would have short tails. That's what I'm hearing. Maybe, probably, <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> um, but but that just like it goes to show like I I waited, um, and it paid off for me. Yeah. And and when people see my scrub pythons, you know they they're like these these are different. They're very different, and um, you know I think that that plays to my understanding of them and and the way that I work with them. And when I chose to get into them, you know, I've seen other people who've got great scrub pythons and everything too. But at some point, I think that the way that I interact with mine uh, does play a role in how, how they are, which, and you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not someone who's an expert. Like I've, I've never bred scrub pythons. I just really love them. And, um, and not that breeding anything is the ultimate measure of your understanding of the animal, but I mean, that's generally how people see it nowadays. Um, I mean, it definitely, it, it definitely does, uh, bode a bit more of a level of respect to that keeper if they're able to, to, to breed regardless of whatever the species is, but in particular like scrubs and any of these really trickier to breed species, just because like it it's you needing to do your due diligence to figure out, okay, I'm doing this. This is, or isn't working. What becomes the next step, you know, and watching that reaction time, you know, which oftentimes means like staring at your animal for an extended period of time and watching how it's acting or Mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, you got to, deal with this animal and palpate it or ultrasounded or whatever, you know, whatever you're going to do to, to make sure you're still moving in the right direction, you know, um, realizing that, you know, okay, I don't need to palpate this animal three times a day, but I should probably do it every couple of days to kind of see where that follicular development is going. Like, and of course, the more time you spend with your individual animals, uh, you'll notice like, you'll notice when they start to look a little different or act a little different, you know? Yeah. So, and that's, you know, again, that's kind of regardless of species, but there certainly is that element of like, if you're breeding it, you have to pay a bit more attention than if you just, if you're slapping in a cage with a heat pad and, you know, and a thermostat and you're like, all right, cool. We're good to go. It's going to live. You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and even then, you know, there's people who, keep things really well and do amazing by the animals who, who never intend to breed them. Um, mm. And I, I even see that with the scrub pythons. Like a lot of people who are into scrubs, they just like, like to have the big naturalistic enclosures. And I have like this huge amount of respect. And, and you know, they don't even want to try and breed them or they might want to try and breed them, but they haven't tried to yet. Um, like I got this, yeah. And um, you know, that I, I like that. I like seeing that because uh, it goes to show where their mentality is. They're not uh, coming at this as a, you know, look at, look at this thing. I I find that a lot of the people who um, keep scrubs do it to be humbled by them and to, Mm. you know, they they look at it as like sharing their space with this animal as opposed to like, I got the snake, you know, like (laughs) it's a little different. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I could certainly see that. I'm I'm not a huge scrub guy, but 
from the few times I have been able to interact with them. It's it's definitely a different experience than just about any other snake. <laughs> it's fun. So, <laughs> sure, sure it is. <laughs> I like it. it's very cerebral for me. It's very uh, it it gets my brain going. Like not a lot of things do i mean when i'm cleaning a lot of stuff or like working with a lot of snakes it's very like just it just flows for me i'm just like you know doing this and doing that um when i work with scrubs and like a couple other species i'm like always thinking about what's going through their brain and what is next and what the next move is and their muscle tone and and how they're holding on to you and all this different stuff and I, i love that i love 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 that yeah hell yeah dude all right, it's that time, dude. It is. So, it is that time. Rob, yes. it's, time, it's time to answer the question. Hold on, hold on. I need to pull up. I want to make sure that I don't get their account wrong. Okay. Uh, well, while you're looking up the account, I'll ask the question. So, Rob, yes. Yes. what in the realm of reptiles, be it something in your own collection or nerd or something that you've seen through the world of online insanity – has you excited about reptiles? I mean, besides hanging out with Ty Park and John Dragna this weekend, because that Stop was like bragging. Stop bragging. It was awesome. It was so cool, <laughs> Jeremy. I wish you weren't there. <laughs> um, that was just that was really cool. Going to the expo was really exciting too. Um, but the thing that I wanted to talk about this account on Instagram. It's, I shared that one of their snakes on my Instagram story recently, but if you're listening to this post post, um, it probably won't be on my Instagram story anymore, but their inter- Instagram account is Sarpa Mitra USA. Oh, yes. Matthew. Most. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, what is it? The Bothrothalmus lineatus. It's like this uh, red mountain snake or something. And when they hatch, yes. they got these bright bone white heads yes. with these black markings on them. Yes. And then they're all red with the, the black stripes. racing stripes on them. Oh my God. Oh, I yeah. love that snake. That is such a cool snake. And they, I mean, they've got a lot of cool stuff that's not that snake. But oh my goodness, I I look at the baby pictures and they're breeding them, and I'm like, yeah. oh, it's so good. So their Instagram account is at s a r p a m i t r a u s a, and check them out because whoo, yeah. whoo, hold and on, that, I'm gonna steal one from from Brian Barchek. Whoo, doggy. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that word sar- sarpa mitra or whatever it, it means something relating to snakes. I forgot yes, what because yeah. I, I looked it up a while back. I forgot what it meant. But uh but yeah, yeah dude, he's got some super got some cool, cool colubrids. Yeah. yeah. All right, Jeremy. So what has got you excited about reptiles right now? Oh man. You know what? Actually, I'm super excited that uh there are some Maclot Python eggs on the ground in a couple different yes! collections. Yes, very yes, excited yes. about that. Um, that's cool. Not because I plan on buying any or anything, but no, uh, you know, no, no, <laughs> you know, maybe a handful <laughs> or ten, two. <laughs> <laughs> two handfuls of them, yeah, two handfuls of Mac and Pythons. <laughs> um, but also excited at the fact that there's um, 
they're not all from the same person and they're not all from the same lineage. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that makes me even more excited at the prospect of buying a couple of handfuls of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not all the same bloodline. So unrelated. I, exactly. I kept Maclots years ago mm-hmm. and, uh, Actually, you know where my original pair is? Did I ever tell you where my original pair is? I don't know. My original pair went to Barchek. Oh, damn. Yeah, years years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. So the Snake Bites videos and I think like early vlog videos, those Maclots Pythons, those, those were mine. Those were my big adults. Um, never bred them. I I didn't necessarily even have an idea, an iota of oh, how to breed Macleth pythons, but I absolutely loved them. Um, yeah, so I'm 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 very excited about that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, buddy. Boy, Jeremy, I mean, if people want to find out more about you. Where are they going? They can go everywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, brass man reptiles. Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube. At Brassman Reptiles, Twitter at Brassman Rep. Uh, that's it. I always think I'm forgetting one. YouTube. The YouTube. YouTube. Hi, YouTube. Make sure you oh, no. subscribe to me at Brassman Reptiles, where if you're just listening to the audio of this podcast, you can also catch the video on YouTube at Brassman Reptiles. There's a playlist. The Reptile Talk podcast playlist. And uh, yeah, you can check out some fun videos of me and Rob being me and Rob. <laughs> so, Rob, where can people find find more on you? Uh, at, on Instagram at Rob is Creeping It Real and on Twitter at Rob is Creeping. And then on YouTube, Rob is Creeping It Real. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Later. Later.